Welcome to Asray Pod with Amy Quinn and Joe Walsh. This week, we talk to rock and roll royalty Caroline O'Toole, manager of the world-famous Stone Pony here in Asbury Park. We talk about live music under COVID, the Stone Pony's charitable outreach during the crisis, and what not to wear when on stage, which is a trick question because the answer is, please wear something. And we do not mention Bruce Springsteen at all, until just now. Welcome, Caroline. The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park in my capacity as the deputy mayor of the city of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the city or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official city of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not represent the official position of the city or the governing body. Welcome to Asbury Pod. It's September 29th, 2020. I have to just give two shout outs to um, two of my best girlfriends that I've known since second or third grade. It's their birthday today. Um, Emily Coslo and Mandy Fine. I don't, I doubt they listen to this podcast, but if they did, they know I should get some credit for remembering their birthdays after 37 years of knowing them. That's, that's really commendable. Yeah. Um, Mandy, well, whatever. Yeah, Mandy and I used to get into loads, oodles and oodles of trouble and then had to be separated in high school mm-hmm. because our moms were like, no. We kept getting kicked off the bus. Um, anyway, happy birthday, Emily and Mandy. And we are here, and I was saying this before, that we've had a number of, of, of well-known-ish people on our podcast, including Kim Guadano. Um, who at one point cried during the podcast, which is still horrifying to me, um, and Senator Gopal, and just a number of, of you know local celebrities, Russell and Bianca. Um, but I got the most accolades for getting uh, Caroline O'Toole, who runs The Pony, on this podcast. And we have to just say we're sorry, Jace, something came up from... Um, Asbury Audio and Jason wasn't able to join us and hopefully we'll be able to get him on a later date podcast. Um, but we miss him and, and um, whatever came up, we hope he deals with it. Um, but that means it's all Caroline. Right. I have to agree. I had the same uh, response. Like you, I've had um, my friends, many of my friends don't listen or care about the podcast so much, but this is the first time they're like, Oh, great. Here, they sent me questions, but we'd already they're the same ones we asked. <laughs> we wrote down. But. Like who, like, I feel like people are like, who the fuck runs the pony? And then you're like, yeah, Caroline she does. does. Yeah. She does. Um, and that great, is but, all, that is all news to me. And that is amazing. I just can't believe that your two friends aren't listening to us. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, I will scold them later. Um, and before I even say, before you ran the pony, um, Eileen Chapman, who I was on the council, ran the pony. Was she right before you or was she years before you? I, she, she has a, her, her history. I'm, I'm, I know, I knew she ran the pony for some period of time, but I never know what years. Yes. She was before me, uh, right before me. She was right before you. So her and then you. Yes. Oh, wow. That 
Super interesting. Okay, so we welcome all of our listeners. We're going to get right into it because we're running a pinch late, and we'd love Caroline to introduce herself, and then we'll, you know, ask her some questions, some that were sent in, and um, and we'll talk about music, COVID, and Asbury Park, which, oh my goodness, so many of my favorite topics. <laughs> well, I'm not even sure Caroline needs to introduce herself. She's Caroline O'Toole, manager of the Stone Pony. That's a one-line introduction, right? She also had a bar named after her, right? Yeah, you that was... A, you had a bar named... I mean, she didn't just run the pony. She had a bar named after her that we used to go in, and it was at the time where they still had mega touches. Remember the mega touches that were yes. the bars? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Heather and I used to go into O'Toole's and play the mega touch. Well, I was going to ask that. That was later on when we get to the, the question we asked right. you. Favorite places in Asbury Park that are no longer there? Mine was... We just keep talking about Caroline and not let her talk because we're extremely well, we excited. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to we'll, we'll shut up and we'll talk about okay. it a little bit. All right. Yeah. Okay, so uh, yes. <laughs> Caroline O'Toole. Uh, I've been the GM of the Stone Pony for the past 17 years. Um, I also uh, run concert events in, con in uh, Convention Hall and Paramount Theater. And, uh, of course, the Stone Pony is also uh, connected with Stone Pony Summer Stage. So um, it's a lot of music, a lot of venues. And very proud of the fact that I was the Grand Marshal of the Asbury Park St. Patrick's Day Parade in 2018. Wow. When you say like a lot of venues and what sounds like a lot of moving parts. Yes, especially on days when we would have something in every venue. Uh, that was a lot to handle. Um, but we have a wonderful team that we all work together and, um, you know, we get the job done. And, and uh, at the end of what we do, um, you know, uh, it's a, it's a success. Do, do you handle uh, the acts that play the Wonder Bar? Or is that a separate uh, venue also? Uh, Deb mainly runs the Wonder Bar. Uh, so she, she, she takes care of that. She's uh, extremely good at handling the bands and, and that sort of thing. But yes, we all work together. We're all part of the same team. So any Caroline, no, no, I, I know I feel like... We're all very excited. So the only thing I was going to say is that we, you, I know you live in Asbury Park and can you, can you, you know, we have a joke on this podcast um, that nobody came, to, everybody, myself included, you came to Asbury Park over um, breakup or bankruptcy. That's what kind of led me down the path to Asbury Park. And so uh, yeah. we always ask people to tell their story, what led them to Asbury Park. Uh, it was an absolute breakup. Um, Wow, that's funny. Yeah. Many <laughs> and, uh, of us have had the same story. It was a breakup. Yeah, I was in uh, Belmore for a very long time. Uh, I lived lived there, uh, worked in a bar there, but uh, I left the bar business to try and have a life. And when that didn't work out, um, you know, I was still doing my sales job, but then uh, a friend of mine, my best friend kept saying, you know, you have to apply for this job. You have to apply for this job. And I was like, I, I, I have a job. I, I don't want to, um, I don't want to do it. And she's like, just do it. So I went for the first interview and then I kept passing every interview. So then when it came down to the end and I got offered the job, um, I didn't want to not do it because 
I didn't want a what if situation. What if, what if I, what if I did it? What if I never did it? Um, I didn't want that regret. So um, at that point I tried to do full two full-time jobs, not realizing how much I really had to learn about the concert business, which got there. Oh, taking no, a picture. No, so stop taking a picture. <laughs> so, um, so that that's it. And then, uh, you know. And what was your daytime job at the time, Carol? Um, uh, for 20 years, I was a sales rep for a moving company, a very good moving company. So uh, I enjoyed that very much. Um, but I was hell-bent on really learning this business. And, you know, there was some years, uh, you know, before Madison got here and when Asbury Partners was here that it was difficult. It was very difficult. And um, I didn't want to leave here because I felt like I was, I had to protect it somehow. That I had to, um, you know, I had to be here and, and wait for, you know, the right people to come along. And, and they finally did. And you you moved from Belmar to Asbury. You live in Asbury, right? I feel like you I live in Asbury now. I, I, yeah, I still lived in Belmar for a while because that was fun. That was that was fun, and it was hard to give that up. Um, mm-hmm. But eventually, uh, it just made sense to come here. Uh, of course, I came here when the housing market tanked, so that didn't make right after. Excuse me, I bought my condo, and then the housing market tanked. <laughs> so, of course. But uh, of course now, you know, it was a, it was a very good move. We had Sonia O'Brien on to talk about, you know, Sonia, to talk about real estate. And I mean, and I, so I've been here about 20 years. Um, What she's describing, she can't keep a place here now, which is, which is, it's so interesting how it's ebbs and flows, like, in the early 2000s, you could pick up a place and then and then it got super pricey and then the recession and then um, and the pandemic. But so anyway, I, I digress on that. But she was interesting in talking about how um, things are flying off the shelves in Asbury, which is a conflicting feeling for for me. But, um, you know, good for for property owners who, who who's who's, you know, resales gone up. She hates public speaking. That's pretty cool. You got her. I got her on too. Yes, yeah, she was an interesting. Yeah, she's a super interesting cat with a super interesting background. So she was great. She was great and got us got us up to speed on um, the effects of COVID on real estate in Asbury Park, which is the probably opposite effect of other places, which is our real estate is what up. Right. Carolyn, you mentioned that you had come from the bar business and you had to learn the music business. So what's the first thing you have to learn in the music business? I can't imagine like the Stone Pony is so complex now. As you mentioned, you have Summer Stage and then you have, you know, having been to Summer Stage a bunch of times, there's a show inside after Summer Stage. Right. And then you may have something going on, you know, at the Convention Hall and Paramount at the same time. It, it seems mind, mind-blowingly complex to keep all those balls in the air at the same time. But when you, you know... Uh, so the one thing about managing a bar, but when you have to add the music component, what's the, is there a single thing you think, Oh, that was the first thing I had to learn. Or is it just so many things at once, like a fire hose of information that you had to pick up? Well, in the very beginning, it was only the inside of the stone pony that I really had to worry about. The summer stage really wasn't a big deal. Um, it was a smaller area out there. So it gave me time to 
because even in, in just a singular show, there's there's so many aspects. You know, there there's uh, booking the show, then advancing the show, and then uh, you know staffing the production as well as your bar, and then you know ticketing. And there was just so many so many parts to even just one show that, and then settling the show. And uh, so uh, it, it was a lot to, to try and get that, uh, that knowledge, you know, um, and, and of course, like anything, you, you have nothing set in stone. Like it's not always, you know, ABC, like you have to be able to adapt pretty quickly because uh, artists sometimes are, you know, a little bit crazy. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you, you got to be able to, uh, you know, you, you just got to be able to roll with what you got that particular day. Uh, so I'm just thinking, how many people are working for the Stone Pony on a summer stage night? On a summer stage night, about 100. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's it's such a complex thing. You know, you look around, the security people everywhere. There's all the extra bars, um, the sound guys, the people hanging up in the lights. It's, in the, you know, um, hush, you know, from the outside looking in, it looks very smooth, but it's got to be a high stress night. <laughs> it is. I mean, but uh, we're fortunate in that, um, like, I consider it sort of like different parts of one machine my job is to just oversee each part to make sure that they're all working, but the people in charge of their part, they're the best around, you know, like a Jason Dermer and my bar manager, Dennis Doyle, and my head of security, Bobby Jones, just everybody is doing what they do well. And I'm just sort of, uh, you know, here holding it together and making sure that, um, you know, the audience is, is, you know, safe and having a good time. And like genre, related to genres, we get such, at least from my perspective, as somebody walking on the beach, or walking on the street, like based on the show, you get a whole different genre of people in. So whether it's, you know, punk or folk or pop or reggae, like it, it, what, what, like what's always interesting to me is the people walking around before they hit the show or walking around after they hit the show. That's kind of like an interesting little microcosm of, um, you know, parts of Asbury Park, for, for lack of a better word. I'm probably not explaining I think, it. And the businesses overlap. I remember, um, I'm going to go back to, I don't know, what year's 2012. I was going to see Hot Tuna at the Stone Pony. But before the show, I was hanging next to Yorma at the, at the rail at Watermark. You know, I was just sitting there having drinks and uh, looked to the right and see where I'm and I'm like, I'm going to go see you in about 20 minutes. <laughs> so he was up there having a drink too, looking at the sights and, um, and at the crowd filtering into the pony. Uh, anyway, that's my, my Yorma Kalkinen story. But. And is there anyone that you get starstruck by, Caroline? Um, no, I, I just try, for the most part, I try and stay in the background because again, I'm just there to make sure that, um, you know, the audience is really having a good time. And I tell you, the the, the one time I probably was, was uh, I had just kind of started here, I think, and uh, Lisa Marie Presley was playing here and her mother was here. So, oh. and they decided to have their after party in the Stone Pony. So my bar manager and I were the only two, you know, kind of allowed to stay inside. And it, it, 
was just cool because there's Priscilla and Lisa. And to me, it was sort of like the closest that we had to rock and roll royalty, you know, because of the, the connection with Elvis and just that moment and watching them, you know, have a champagne toast. And uh, it, it, that was really a, a moment that uh, stuck with me and, and just really won't ever forget that. It was really cool. And people are really passionate about the building of the stone pony, actually both ways in that they don't think it's architecturally sharp and it's a piece of historic significance that should be saved. And, um, you know, people constantly, at least with the city, are always looking to figure out ways to save the stone pony. And what I think is always so interesting is um, where, with the exception of Jen's wooden walls, and I will say, Jen's Wooden Walls oftentimes gets a tremendous amount of like hashtag Asbury Park on Instagram. The second, the, you, the Stone Pony and Wooden Walls are always the most um, hashtag Instagram pictures that I see. People in front of the sign of the Stone Pony or people in front of um, the artwork of the Wooden Walls. So what, whatever people think of the Stone Pony, its significance is international in terms of, uh, you know, people's um, experience with it, the experience they want to have with it, they want to see it, they want to be in a picture of it. And so how does that relate to kind of some of the crowds that you get? Um, well, we uh, as far as the crowds that come in, uh, the, the cool thing is like, it doesn't matter what time of the day or night, like we're, we're actually closed now, but whenever I come by here, there's always someone out front taking those pictures. Like, it's very, like, I think there's something wrong when there's someone not. But, like, today I was in and out six or seven different times, and each time someone was out front. And I just think that that's, that's amazing. I get emails all the time from people over in Europe who are planning their trips over here and want to know, you know, what show will be happening that night or whatever. I, I think you know, whether you like to go to concerts or not, it, it's just one of those places that you just want to go to at least once, uh, you know, or, or more. But you just want to say that you were there, that you saw it, that, you know, you felt like you were part of it. And we have parents who bring their kids here because they want their kids to have that same experience that they had however many years ago. And then that's the fun part, too, when you see those kids coming to the shows by themselves and, you know, carrying on you know, it's, it's what helps the legacy of the pony carry on. I've had the same experience. Right? I, I live on the other end of Second Avenue from the pony. And when I run on the boardwalk, I run right by it twice. And there has not been a time, doesn't matter what time, early in the morning or in the evening, where there's not someone outside taking a picture. Who's like, even if the pony's not open, right, there's people out there, rainy, foggy, snow. <laughs> there's Doesn't matter, so, right. Yeah, someone came by to see it. And it's really interesting. Um and they're just like, wow, they just so happy. When they see it. You know, it's never, it's never someone's just like uh, cranky out there. They're like, Oh, great. This is, I'm, I'm glad to be here and take this picture and I'm um, going to send it to my friends. So it's an interesting, um, it's interesting like, to live right so closely, just you become used to it, but it, it, for other people, it's a big deal. I mean, I think, um, I remember one night, one day being in Frank's and there was a, uh, having breakfast or brunch and there was a whole contingent of Swedish Bruce Springsteen fans, like the whole, 
the whole place was full and that was like their next thing it was like we're gonna have pancakes at frank's and then we're gonna walk over to the stone pony it wasn't even a show it was like a sunday morning or something like that yeah but they had flown from sweden to have breakfast at frank's and maybe a danish right and then go over to the pony in the boardwalk and i think that's that's great yeah i think that's got to be so amazing to work you know with people having that kind of um you know, reaction to, to the, the, the place that, that you, um, that you run the show at. I mean, I think that's huge. So can I ask her, sometimes we get people on the podcast who, who, and Tommy Arnone, who's the freehold director, like we get people who spent their youth going to Asbury Park. Is this, was Asbury Park you spent like your teenage years and your twenties coming to, or were you doing other things during those years? Uh, no, my, my best memories of Asbury Park was when I was actually a kid kid. And, um, you know, our parents, like, that was your, you know, your treat is they would take you here and you could go on the rides and go on the boardwalk. And, um, you know, th- those are times that I just, you know, being with my two brothers, like, uh, we were much closer then than we are now. But, I mean, it was you know, they were good memories. And um, so that was another thing when, when this opportunity came up, it wasn't just about the stone pony, even though that was great. Um, I really wanted, I saw it as an opportunity to be on the ground floor of watching a city that I love come back and to somehow be a part of it. And um, so that's, that was definitely a factor in, in wanting to come work here. And so just kind of, you know, we're focusing right now with businesses with, you know, Watermark and Garden State Equality and like all of these businesses in town um, coming, you know, dealing with the effects of COVID. And needless to say, your industry has been annihilated by it, right? It's not even like there's any real capacity that you've had the ability to come back with. You want to talk a little bit about what, what COVID has done to your industry? Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's, uh, you know, it's not just people who don't have jobs right now, because in the music industry, and especially the people who work at the Pony, like, it's it's not just their job, it's their passion. So at the same time that they're not making any money, they're also not getting to, to do what they love to do. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been difficult. And, and, uh, you know, we, we lost some of our staff. We, you know, our company has been very generous in trying to keep as much staff as we can, hoping that things are going to change rapidly. Um, so, uh, but currently at, yeah, 25%, it's, it's, it's really hard to do anything. And, and I know that the state is listening to that and working on that and trying to get those numbers up. So that's really what we have to rely on right now is that we can get those numbers up and at the same time have everyone stay safe. And the pony's been closed since March, correct? There's yes. been, yeah, it's been closed since March. And I have to, I, I'm going to give one shout out to you real quick because you would never do it for yourself, but um, just an amazing job with the Esbury Park High School students and letting them get photographed and graduation stuff. And, and um, if you, I know you would not bring it up. So if you would talk about that for two seconds, that meant a tremendous amount to, to the kids in Esbury Park and the Esbury Park High School. Well, you know, again, being part of the community and, and you know, 
part of the Asbury Park toy drive, like the kids here are so important to me. And for them to be missing out on something they've worked, you know, their graduation, something that they've worked so hard for and everything that should go along with that. I, I just felt like this was something we could do. Um, not And doing it for the kids of Asbury Park was great. We did it for other um, other uh, high schools uh, who contributed to um, the Asbury Park Dinner Table Initiative. So that was very rewarding. But really watching the day of the, the Dream Academy coming here and uh, watching those kids interact with each other and, you know, just congratulating each other and um, really kind of taking in maybe what this meant to them. It, it was a wonderful day. It was an amazing day. So uh, I enjoyed it and I got so much, I got as much out of it as any of them did. And the pride of watching our kids move on to the next phase of their lives and uh, seeing their names up on the marquee like that, that just, uh, you could tell how much it meant to them. No, I thought it was a, a phenomenal, phenomenal initiative. So Amy, I want so, to pick up on that because the Stone Point yeah. has been instrumental during this, you know, in raising money for other people. So they have the Hope by Design t-shirt contest, right? Raising money for the New Jersey Pandemic mm-hmm. Fund, Asbury Park Dinner Table. You know, it's uh, so that you, you've been instrumental in sort of take, being proactive in helping out our, your neighbors and both businesses and citizens um, during this. But at some point, um, you know, the pony still needs to, you need to be able to have shows, right? To for yourself. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. That's, um, you know, we, we lost our summer series, which would have been the biggest one we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah, there's, uh, you know, thinking about that every day and, and yeah, realistically thinking about the future, you know, and, uh, and I, I mean, I know this is a big question, Caroline, but w- what do you think is next for the music industry? Well, um, I, I don't, I, I don't see, I, I don't see a lot for the rest of the year. Um, I'm hoping that January brings some promise to, uh, to a, a healthy spring, which, you know, can lead into a, a good summer. Um, I kind of think that's, that's what we have to, to sort of look for is, um, you know, I think we have to think not a few months from now, but further into the spring. You know, I noticed your calendar. You've got some interesting acts already lined up for summer 21. So hopefully. Yeah. um, And you know what? The offers still come in daily, you know, are from our partners at Live Nation. Um, You know, got a really cool offer today. I hope it's a yes. Um, I hope, you know, we end up getting the show, but uh, you know, it, it, the sh- when I say the show must go on, the, the show is going on and we're still going to take, you know, all the steps that we would normally be taking to, to get ready to produce our next series. I think also, so Carolyn, when I, when you felt terrible for me and agreed to do this podcast Friday <laughs> night, there was a, you know, budding singer named Connor Myers, who um, was very cute who was adorable. He get, he get online behind the other seven or eight other women who thought he was adorable as well. And, and not only adorable, he was truly just so classy during what was a difficult experience. Um, but when I was talking to him a little bit, he, he really made me think about like 
the Nicole Adkins and, you know, these acts that have come out of Asbury Park that aren't, you know, Bruce, right, where you're you're really quite set if you can play or not play, you know, your bills are paid. But, you know, these kind of smaller budding budding acts that the Pony's been known to support and known to promote um, and and what's happening with these artists. And um, and I think what he communicated to me is it's really devastating what's happening to kind of the budding the that budding art, artist industry with a lack of venues like the pony and places like the pony that take chances on them um yeah i i just i feel for them i feel you know it's just it just seems horrible yeah i mean when you think and and it's we're being forgotten about you know i mean it's just an industry that is just being forgotten about i mean i i don't know how much more like everybody's paying attention to the airlines in the next couple of days. But what about this? What, what about the fact that 90% of independent venues are going to go out of business? Like that's just going over everyone's head. And, it, and it's just infuriating because it, it's just like, it, it doesn't matter. Oh, it's just music. It's just the arts. Like that doesn't matter. Like that's crazy that people accept the true music fans who think about it like that, that it's just, you know, an, an, oh, well type thing. And, um, I don't get it. I, I don't get why there's, there's not more help. I think the arts, the arts are overlooked by a lot of business minded people. Um, it's looked down upon, but if you think about Hamilton, Hamilton is one piece of art that's generated over a billion dollars of revenue, right? So live music, Broadway, it's a huge part of the economy and people's social life, right? So COVID, you know, the real tragedy with the, the disease is that it in, it stands at the intersection of people's social, spiritual, and and and, and private lives, right? Inter- interrupts all of these things and their economic lives. Um, and, and arts entertainment always sort of, you know, in the headlines are like, well, how's Wall Street doing? How are airlines? But in, you know, but in addition to the artists, you know, all the artists have been reduced to streaming for Venmo money, which I try to chip in as needed. But, you know, we just mentioned uh, on summer, summer stage night, you have over 100 people behind the scenes who are largely invisible who had nowhere to go. Right. And they don't get to Venmo, you know, the light guy, right. Or the security people. Right. So it's a wider, the, um, you know, the, 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 um, the rings spreading out from that impact are infecting all areas of, you know, surrounding businesses and the purchasing power. So it's a terrible tragedy. Um, that's still ongoing. Right. And I think, yeah, if you can seek, make it to the spring, Hopefully outside. I, I had I felt hopeful after this weekend at the porch fest in the past week. You know, people were outside, a lot of good music, and the spreading out seemed to have well worked. Um, ish, ish. Right. Some people were not so spread out. <laughs> you know, but out maybe outside venues for the summer. You know, can thrive. Um, um, you know, hopefully, right in the, in the upcoming year. But the one thing I'll say is the economic impact that we try to communicate with people. There's a couple of points that I think the city tries to communicate and one and what we truly tried to communicate with the governor not feeling like he really listened but we did try to communicate which was in a short town you have a memorial to labor day because it's just me or you or joe sitting in langosta or whatever in january february march right there's there you know that bar is quiet with the exception of when there's shows. So if there's shows, then all of those places do well, whether it's light of day. I mean, see here now, still summerish. It's like the end of September. But when there's these ongoing shows and events, then 
people are eating downtown, people are eating at the waterfront. So I'm not sure when people talk about, you know, oh, it's just music or it's just art or it's just this or it's just that. The economic impact of a full show at the Pony in January is Langosta does well, Stella does well, Cubicon does well, you know, downtown does well. Everybody does well when people have come here to have dinner and then go catch a show. And um, in other towns, when I tried to just have tried to describe that to people, whether it's Middletown or, or wherever, not short towns, short town people immediately get it. But when it's other towns that are not short towns, it's, you know, it, it's again trying to s- describe when the Wonder Bar has a, a, a sold out show, when Convention Hall has a sold out show, the ripple effect of that is um, it helps our hotels, it helps our sh- retail shops. And it helps our restaurants, right? Because you're buying, you're shopping, and you're staying over. And I'm not sure people always link that together as much as they should. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. It doesn't always have to be national acts, too. Like if the Soul Cruisers are selling out the Wonder Bar in January, it's, you know, everyone's eating in the restaurants nearby. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a big part of you know, the, the, the winter economy. I, I will say we were talking about O'Toole's before. I did my best single-handedly to be 100% of your income several Februaries that it was there. So, <laughs> Joe so, has quit drinking, so he is I quit no drinking, longer 100% but, of your income. But I really, I, I gave it the, the varsity try for O'Toole's. I did a good job. It's, in fact, my, my effort at O'Toole's partially led to my quitting. <laughs> I have a story that I'll tell everyone off the air. Um, Well, I used to sit in the corner and play your mega touch at O'Toole's and drink. I think back then I probably, well, I was drinking, I'm sure I was drinking beer of some sort, Coors Light or something. But we used to sit there for hours and play um, the mega touch there. That was probably one of, and and the, the reason it was named after me was because at that point I was working in so many of our places. They needed me to do this one more. So they were like, well, just work here and we'll name it after you. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Do you know anybody? I don't personally know anybody else who's ever had a bar named after them. So I Wasn't mean, that amazing? Wasn't that I mean, amazing? Totally. Listen, if they want to give me it, name it my name and I'll, I'll add that to the list of places I, I, uh, I work at. My goodness. All right. We're going to go a little bit. We're going to attempt to go a little bit lighter unless Joe has any more questions on the devastating effects COVID has had on the music. No, I guess, yeah, we all, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the downer part of the, uh, of the podcast. <laughs> all right, Caroline, favorite act to see and why? My favorite act would probably be, um, you know, I hate to say this, but I have a, you know, cause you know, you're the manager of the stone pony, you have to be cool and you have to, you know, name the right acts or whatever. I I secretly like pop music. I love pop Me music. Too. So. I love pop music. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't admit it often, but I tell you, my favorite band is Lifehouse, and um, that's why when Connor Myers played a Lifehouse song the other night, I was like, "This is awesome." But I do love uh, I do love them a lot. Uh, we, we've just you know to, to go back through the years and have to say. Um, you know, who's, who's been your favorite? I mean, you know, Chrissy Hine and the pretenders playing on the summer stage, that, that was amazing, you know? Um, so you, have, you know, who, who's like one for me, like, well, one Indigo Girls, anytime I see the Indigo Girls, I'm like, oh my God, the Indigo Girls. But you, you know, who's always really, I'm always like, oh, they're great blues traveler. 
They're always like, they always kill it. Yeah. Um, It wasn't the same when he lost all the weight because, you know, people used to come see him because, you know, he was Mm -hmm. popper. But um, yeah, great, great time. Great, great act. The the pony is such a great uh, for non summer stage for winter acts. I saw Lucinda Williams when you guys had her. She's you know, amazing, she's, right? She's oh, she's amazing. Like I had seen her at her height at Radio City at the State Theater in New Brunswick. So I've seen her in such a small place. I was standing basically right in front of her like a weirdo, right? Like <laughs> and um it's such a great place to see some of these acts. You know, the old 97s is another one I every time they would come by, I would see and it's such a small place, big, big um performers in terms of like voice and sound it's such a really great place so for those of you out there who haven't been there yet when when the you know when the world reopens you know make it a point to come especially to the winter shows inside you, you know you're not going to get a chance to see someone in such a great place yeah i'll say her name again but uh the, the one show uh lisa marie presley played here her opening act was maroon five. Oh wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was like the first show I was here for. It was it was amazing. Speaking of opening act, you mentioned the Pretenders. Jenny Lewis was the opening act for that, right? Yes. The actress Jenny Lewis. Well, did I just make that up? Um, no, that sounds very familiar. It was well because I think that uh, let's see. Um, I think you're right. Well, if you're not, I ended up seeing. No, he said never mind. No, yeah, I know. I ended up seeing Chrissy Hine <laughs> at Paramount Theater. She was uh, going to be, I think Sandra Bernard was playing down there and Chrissy came to see her. So I was showing Chrissy where to go backstage. And I said, oh, by the way, thanks for playing the Stone Pony, you know, a few years ago. She goes, oh, no problem. She goes, where is that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right. All right, Chrissy. And I assume, Caroline, you can't say worst bands of book. Um, yes, this guy who came out uh, just wearing a cowbell. I can't remember his name. I'll have to find it. But um, don't book that guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do not book that guy. Okay, note to self, no one with a cowbell. If you hear the word Only cowbell, cowbell, go the other way. <laughs> Well, the cowbell is not a problem. It's just nothing else. I need more, yes. more accompaniment. The, the cowbell was definitely the biggest thing he had on. <laughs> <laughs> How disappointing. Yes. Um, okay. Moving on and gathering, gathering myself. Um, okay. All right, Caroline, we're going to do some questions that we ask everybody. Um, and I just want to, one more time, because I have it in my notes, just, Again, because you won't acknowledge what you do for the Esbury Park Toy Drive, what you do for the mayor's. Uh, our mayor didn't want to do a ball. John's not a ball person. So he does this um, rodeo for recreation where does it at the pony. He raises, you know, thousands upon thousands of dollars for recreation, high school graduation, like all of these um, near and dear events. I, I know you were able to do the high school graduation, but your your normal I guess, are you going to do the toy? How are you guys dealing with the toy drive this year? Um, I don't know. I'm really, uh, I, I don't know what Connie has in mind yet, I but um, I would think that we're going to be able to work it out. Uh, you know, uh, do masks, it, it may I not, guess, have it, everybody. Yeah, it may not be the normal festivities and maybe by appointment only, you know, whatever, but we'll make sure that 
uh, we'll make sure that it happens. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Okay, uh, places that were in Asbury Park that are now gone, that like a place that was your favorite place that was in Asbury Park that was now gone. So I often say um, this divey divey bar called um, Anybody's. Um, it was over where the development of Wesley Grove is now. It was a gay bar, um, super, super divey that uh, eventually I think was eaten up by eminent domain, but probably in the early 2000s was, was around. Do you have a place that was around that is now gone? Uh, when I first started here, there was this, not far from here, this little diner, that same thing. It was something bird, uh, something bird diner, but it was absolutely disgusting but the food was really good so we would leave here every night after whatever show and go over there and uh you know it was great time at, you know to to bond with you know my the people that you work with or whatever but uh good time and you know it didn't matter what time of the night it was you could still drink in there or whatever so uh that that was a good place because like i said i got to know a lot of my staff through through going over there I got to find out the name of that, though. What the hell was it? I feel like we all, it's on the tip of my tongue. It was something bird. Definitely had bird in it. But What uh, was the XXX movie theater that was by anybody's, that was by the bar, that was over by Wesley Grove? There was some XXX theater that me and Heather were always like, should we go in? <laughs> we you didn't? didn't? You didn't go in? <laughs> Ultimately, we were like, no, we should not. No. Um and that was, it now. My uh it's funny, my mother's best friend when I was growing up, her daughter and son-in-law, I believe, owned that. <laughs> so <laughs> she was a very rich lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, she didn't get a nickel out of me, either, but we debated it. <laughs> um, okay, we also do we try to do um people who were here and are now gone, either moved out or who passed. Um, one of mine, I always mention, I don't know if you remember him. He was a guy named Jay Bernstein. He was a real estate agent. He um, unfortunately uh, passed in strange circumstances off the Santander. Um, but he, he was a character and he, um, he was interesting to me. Um, I would have to say, you know, Dominic Santana, you know, he's, he's very much alive, but um, I got to credit him with, with, you know, reopening the pony and, and giving it a second life. And uh, he, there's no doubt he's a colorful character. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, I, I just think he just, he's overlooked and, but, you know, and people will say what they want to say about him, good or bad, but I, I think he deserves a lot of credit for the Stone Pony still being here. And so I joke on this podcast a lot, like I'm, I defer to music, I defer to Eileen for music or Yvonne for music because I'm, I'm not a music guru. I like, you know, Tracy Chapman or, or um, Indigo Girls or, you know, a, a genre that, that not that people don't like, but that just a specific, I have a very specific genre. Were you, are you like one of these music people that were, or you, were you like when you were interested in taking this job, was this like, I really want to hear these amazing bands and budding artists? Or were you like, I would like to figure out how to make some place like the pony work? Yes. Um, you know, I, I like, and I have learned to like all sorts of music, but it, during, it's very rare. I have, 
actually get to even hear a show, especially in the summertime, because it's just constantly moving around and making sure, you know, everything's going the way it should be. But um, it was, it was about, you know, teaching myself the concert business and learning something about it. And, um, you know, seeing if um, I could make a difference in, in um, how the Stone Pony would play a part in the, in the future of our community. Amy, I just remembered that on, on the first podcast we had, are we coming up on our year anniversary, by the way? Of I think it's been over a year. I think oh. we started, no, yeah, because our first one was Pride, and there was no Pride this year. Right. So we're at, like, we're, we're at like a year and a half, I think. Oh. But I made a joke that I wanted to petition the Stone Pony to have Jill Scott from Philadelphia play for Summer Stage. So I figure I might as well, since I'm here, just like... <laughs> Place my request. Just gonna drop that on you. Yeah, just like yeah. If you can, you give you Jill Scott is on tour. Bring her to the the the, the summer stage. You know. Hey, you know what? If the summer stage gets to open this year, which it will, I, I, no. I don't care who goes on it. <laughs> Bring everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um. Is there a band or genre that makes your life difficult? Um. Well, the hippies are usually a challenge. Just oh, so funny to say that because there's a band that makes the gate that, that go over. I'm going to say the name of this band wrong and I should have gotten the name of the band wrong. Like I'm going to say they're Irishy and then they go over to Paradise and they wreak havoc at Paradise and then Paradise calls me and screams about this band from the Stone Pony. And there's some sort of Murphy's. Irish. Yeah. Is that it? It's some sort of Irish thing because Doug and like they're all calling me about all these guys over there and are they in kilts? Uh, yeah, oh, we we'll have, yeah, Flogging Molly and the Dropkick, so it could I think be it's either one. Either but, one. Yeah. They, well, just so you know, they cause me grief. <laughs> just <laughs> FYI. And... As a reformed hippie, I, I you're, you were correct. So I'm a deadhead, as you um, maybe see here. And we were like, deadheads are the worst. Like they used and to. And why you know, are they the worst? Because they don't think rules apply to them, right? They're like, hey, man, I'm just going to stand over here. I don't have a ticket. And I used, because I used to do that. Like, you know, you go see the, the Grateful Dead at the Giant Stadium, and everyone would just jump down on the floor. So they sell 50,000 tickets, and then 25,000 people try to jump down on the floor, and they just do it. Um, and that's why, the, like, the dead used to get kicked out of places like that. You know, they got banned from. Um, you know, Albany from Pittsburgh because their fans are, despite their uh, fake uh, piece word outward appearance, they just wander wherever they want to go and insisted that they can do that. <laughs> They're all like amateur lawyers, like, man, you can't make me do that. And so I, I, I just got to imagine like in a smaller place, like the, at the pony, the same thing must apply. They just must do what they want to do, you know? Um, well, and then, you know, because we search people when they come in and whatever, and then all of a sudden I'll look and there's someone blatantly smoking something. I'm like, where the hell did that come from? But because, but they appear out of everywhere. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. Is yeah. like, I'm just going to smoke my weed in public here. And how dare you stop me? Yeah. Um, and it's not just at the pony. They're doing it on the beach. I know. Like, I'm si they're doing it everywhere. And you look at them and they're like, what? I got a card. <laughs> I've got, an, I got a terrible anxiety problem. No. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who it's doesn't? My, hold on. I've got glaucoma. I'm 24. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to wrap up because I only had me until seven. So two, two last questions. What is your favorite movie, Caroline? Uh, you know what? I can't remember the last time I actually even saw a movie. Um, yeah, but it stops everybody. I know. Um, my favorite movie. 
I honestly, honestly, I, I have not seen a movie. I can't remember the last time I went to the movies to even see a movie. And or, TV, are you what? Okay, favorite TV series? TV series. Uh, what are you watching now? I'm watching you. <laughs> <laughs> I am entertaining to look at. <laughs> um, let's see. What did I? Uh, you know, I I, uh, I like comedies. So yeah, I get to say like. Uh, I, I hate to admit it, but I do like Dancing with the Stars. But um, I do like watching all the uh, half-hour comedy shows that are on regular TV. I, I, I do like that. Okay, comedy shows. All right. All right, you got anything else, Joe? I don't want to keep making too late. No, I, I think um, I'm good. We are uh, very glad that Carolyn joined us today. And um, that's all I have to say. Amy, do you want to... Uh... No, no. I want to thank you so much for doing this. I'm feeling like quite the um, quite the big cat that I was able to get Caroline on this podcast. So I really can't believe that. And, and I just want to thank you and, and Ming. And I want to thank everyone who just, you know, said that was cool that I was on because, like I said, it, it's I'm here for um, for for our community. Certainly nothing for me. Yeah, I think I think the idea like running the stone pony is, you know, people want to kiss that ring. That's that's quite the uh, that's quite the experience. Well, or the cowbell, I guess. Maybe the cowbell. The cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the interesting thing about, you know, uh, uh, before I quit drinking, I think I ran into you at the brick once and you would never know that, you know, you're the general manager of the stone pony. He says, oh, there's a person standing next to me. We're going to chat about over beers. And I think I said, Oh, what are you doing? She's like, you're like, I run the stone pony. And I was like, Oh, uh, and this is before the beard. I don't look the same. So you would, don't worry. You would no way you would remember, but I remember it. And I told people, I was like, wow, that, you know, that was a really big deal for me. I was like, I met the woman who runs the stone pony. She's just a normal person hanging around town. But, um, Anyway, wow, you're thanks for cool, being here. Ming. You're yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also Ming, right? <laughs> for now. All, All right. right. Thank you, Shared Universe. Thank you, Ming. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you, Stone Pony. Thanks, Joe. We're gonna, you know, our next podcast, I believe, if we can, if we can convince teachers to come on, we're trying to have, te- you know, virtual kindergarten is going to be the death of me, Caroline. Oh, so I'm we're sure. trying. Oh, the death of me. And not because I don't love his teacher, not because I don't love the school district. I love all of that, but because I just can't get any work done. Um, sure. So we're trying to have teachers um, talk about this. Uh, you know, it's a totally different game. It's, you know, it's an unbelievably different game. So, um, but every teacher I ask to do this is like, that's out of my comfort zone. In the end. <laughs> um, so I have now finally narrowed down two teachers to do it, but boy, did it take me a minute to get them to do it because and I know a number of teachers, but every single one was like, that is out of my comfort zone. I don't want to do it. It's interesting. That, yeah. You know, to, yeah. To with that info. Well, my sister's teaching high school right now and I think losing her mind. I think she listens to the pot. My sister's one of our regulars. So. Oh, uh, maybe I should have asked her. I got I a high school. Her. I did get a high school teacher, a longtime friend of mine, Maggie Stone, who, who couldn't, you know, if she said no to me, I would have spent a lot of time busting her balls. We could talk to her um, later. So. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, thank you so much. Thanks, May. Thanks, everybody.